with me to the book of Luke, chapter 9. Luke, chapter 9, beginning at verse 17. Luke, chapter 9, beginning at verse 17. And when you have it, say amen. Turn to your, in your Bible, in your smart device. Um, if your not-so-smart device has one, turn there too. Amen. <laughs> I don't hear any amens. I don't want to read until I know you got it. You got it? Let's, once again, John, Luke chapter 9, not John, Luke chapter 9, beginning at verse 17, and it reads like this. And one of the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought you my son, possessed with a spirit which makes him mute, and whenever he seizes him, it slams him to the ground, And he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out. I told your disciples to cast it out, and they could not. And we answered, and he answered and said, O unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. They brought the boy to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit threw him into a convulsion. And falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And he asked his and he asked his father, How long has and he asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood, it has often thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, if you can do anything, take pity and help us. And Jesus said, If you can. All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the boy's father cried and said, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Title of my message today is Victory Over Unbelief. Victory Over Unbelief. You know, it's important to God that we believe his his word. It's important to God that we believe him, that we believe his word. And when we don't believe him, what he does is he sees this as disobedience. And many people today are so slow to believe God. They're so slow to put faith and confidence in God. And they're not easily persuaded, if at all, they're not easily persuaded. As a matter of fact, in the church today, a great number of people in the church today, not just in our church, but in all the churches. They attend church, but they struggle with unbelief. They struggle with believing and trusting God. They struggle with putting their faith and their confidence in God. And so a lot of people come to church and they play the part of a Christian. They play the part of, uh, they, they, they put on the nice clothes or their best, their, their Sunday best. They go to church and on Saturday, they wash the car. They want to make sure it looks nice so they can go to church and they can, do, do, they can play the part of a, of a Christian. But in their hearts, they don't trust God. They don't believe in God. And the disciples, they could not cast the demon out because of their unbelief. And I believe that there's a lot of people who are not seeing the miraculous in their life because of the fact, because of their unbelief. Maybe the reason that you're not seeing all of the things that you've been asking God for is because of 
your unbelief. So listen to this. When you are faced with impossible obstacles, is your faith strong enough to overcome it? Is your faith strong enough to overcome it? Look at Matthew 21, verses 21 and 22. Watch what it says. And Jesus answered and said to them, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not what? Do not doubt. You will not only do what it was done to the fig tree, but you will say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea. It will happen. What will happen? The mountain will be cast into the sea. And he says, and all things you ask in prayer, and watch what he says, believing. All things you ask in prayer, believing. See, a lot of times we, 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 we ask in faith, but we still have doubt. So we, what do we do when we, doubt, when we doubt God? We begin to bargain with God. If you do this for me, God, I'll serve you the rest of my life, right? If you do this, God, I'll live like this for you the rest of my life. And so then God does something on our behalf out of his grace and mercy, and yet we fail to follow through on our end of the deal. If you ask and do not doubt, if you ask and do not doubt, you will not only do what is done to the fig tree. Jesus had come up to a fig tree and the fig tree, he had seen that the fig tree wasn't bearing any fruit in its season. And so what did he do? He cursed the fig tree. The next day they came and the fig tree was withered and dead. And the disciples were amazed that Jesus spoke over the fig tree. Jesus was operating in his kingdom authority and speaking in his kingdom authority over that tree. And he says, you will speak to that. Not only can you do this, but you'll be able to do a whole lot more. You will face great obstacles in your life. And you will be able to say, see, Jesus didn't necessarily say that, you know, you're going to speak to a mountain. When I was in Bible school, I went to Bible school and there was a, there was a, a, a mountain that we would have to go through from Sierra Vista down, as you're going through Sierra Vista to Bisbee, there's an area called Miracle Valley, and just as you get past there, there's a, a, a set of mountains, not very small mountains, but mountains nonetheless, that you, that you can go hiking up, kind of like a lot of the mountains we have here in the valley. And one day, I, I, I was like, I was feeling full of faith, man, and I went out there to that mountain, and I said, be removed and cast into the sea in Jesus' name. And it didn't move. And I said, did you hear me? I'm a son of God. I said, move into the sea. And it didn't move. Then I heard this small voice say, is there somebody under there? I said, no. Is there something that's, that you need that's in that mountain that you have to have it removed? I said, no. He says, then that mountain is right where I want it to be. He says, what I want to happen in this verse is that when you face obstacles that seem impossible to move, you can, you, can, you can believe and speak to your mountain and it will be moved. He's not talking about literal physical mountains, even though he is using literal, literal things. He's talking about the idea that you can speak to large things, things that are, seem impossible to you. To you, it would be impossible to move that mountain. You would have to you would have to go through all kinds of, 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 
of uh, construction. You would have to hire companies. You would have to get permits. You would have to have at least several billion dollars to be able to do all that you wanted to do just to move that mountain. And we look at it and we say, I, I, I struggle with paying my light bill, and, and you want me to pay to move a mountain? You know, but listen, if you have faith to believe that God can do the impossible, you can, you, you can see God do miraculous things in your life. And Jesus, when he talks to his disciples, the disciples, they couldn't cast this demon out. And Jesus called his disciples an unbelieving generation. We are in the times today where the generation of children that are coming up are becoming more and more unbelieving. When we are competing with Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and, and social media sites and YouTube and and, and so much more heresy is coming up out of these channels, out of these platforms to be able to feed the minds of our children that our children are becoming more and more indoctrinated with the doctrine of unbelief. And today we have so many things that challenge us to stop believing and stop to challenge us and cause us to stop trusting and stop believing in God. So what causes us to become unbelieving? Listen, in, uh, let me just put a pause here for a minute. In the Bible, when the Bible talks about, do, the Bible says that, that those of us who believe are not to have anything to do with those that do not believe or that are unbelievers. He's not talking about not having anything to do with non-Christians because non-Christians automatically don't believe. He's talking about people who say they, lo- they, they know God, but they live as if they don't. And so when he says, here, stop, what causes us to become unbelieving? Well, here's the first thing. Here's the first thing and probably the most important thing that causes us to stop believing, fear. Fear is the number one killer of your faith. When you start becoming afraid of your circumstance, when you start becoming afraid of the situation, when you start allowing the situations around you or the words of people or your circumstance to become larger than your God. And fear and doubt, they work hand in hand. Fear and doubt work hand in hand. See, fear wants you to believe that the challenge is just too great. Fear wants you to look at it and say, it can never be done. It can never be done. It seems too impossible. Fear wants you to feel that the odds are impossible or that the odds are against you so that you have no hope. And doubt causes you to question the probability that God can bring, can bring you the results that you're looking for, that God can bring you out of your situation or your circumstance. So fear causes you to look at it and say it's impossible. Doubt causes you to challenge and, trust God, and, and lose trust in God. And when we allow our eyes to tell us what to believe, we will have unbelief. When you look at something and say, it's impossible, I, don't, I doubt God can do that. You know what? Then you're out of order. As a believer, we know that God does the impossible. We know that God can move mountains. We know that God has moved. He has separated waters and allowed his children to walk across on dry land. God has rescued his people out of bondage and out of slavery over thousands of years. And if God can do it for them, God can do it for you. What we see and we choose to believe is what indoctrinates our minds. What we see 
and what we choose to believe because belief is a choice. And today we're finding that more prevalent. The world is, is programming our minds. The world is programming our minds by what you watch, by what you listen to. They're programming our children. There's not a single show today that we can't watch where they've got to put in to the, into the show uh, some, kind of, some form of homosexuality or genderism in there now. So you, you're, you're being confronted by that. And, 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 and so little by little, we become indoctrinated by it and find it more and more. We begin to reason within our minds to find it more and more accessible. 90% is visual indoctrination and 10% is instruction. 90% we are educated by our minds, by what we see. When you watch TV, when you're looking on your phones, when you're looking on TikTok, when you're looking on Instagram, when you're looking wherever you are, you're looking at it and it's programming your mind whether you believe it or not. And we're finding today that we're, we're less and less picking up the word of truth and we're picking up the lies. And as we begin to pick up the lies, we begin to believe it and our mind becomes indoctrinated by it. And the devil wants you to believe that, to believe what you, that what you see is greater than the God that you serve. He wants you to look at your sickness and believe that your sickness is greater than your God. He wants you to look at your financial situation and believe in your mind that what you're going through financially is greater than your God and that God has no power in that situation. But I'm here to tell you today that you have a God that can meet every need, that God can heal the sickness no matter how impossible it seems. we got to understand that we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. We, we, faith is closing your eyes and listening and walking by the voice of God. It would be the equivalent of me picking somebody from the audience and walking them through chairs and walking them through obstacles with, and blindfolding them as they... As they uh, as they listen to my voice, telling them and giving them instructions as they're walking through and listening to my voice, that would be, that's the equivalent. We walk by faith. We listen to the voice of God. But in today's culture, today's generation, we walk by sight more than we walk by faith. And unbelief, unbelief will cause you. If you have unbelief in your heart, it'll cause you to disobey God. It'll cause you to disobey God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 19, it says this, so we see that we are not able to enter because of unbelief. Not only will we not enter into, into the, the greatness and the great things of God, we will, not even, we will struggle to even enter into, to, into the, the presence of God. There's people who come to church that they sing the songs and they'll lift up their hands, but they don't feel the presence of God. Why? Because of unbelief. Sure, we believe. We believe in our concept of God. We believe that there's a concept. God is a concept in our minds. So we construct in our minds the idea, the concept of who we think God should be to us. And that's the God that we serve. Instead of literally picking up the word of God and seeing what the word of God says about the God that we, are, that we should serve. We put, in, we put that in perspective and we begin to follow after that God, after the God of the word of God, and we begin to see our faith 
shift and you begin to walk in, 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 in faith that's not reckless, because reckless faith is when you, you quit your job because you want to trust God for, for him to pay all your bills. That's reckless faith. Reckless faith is when you go to the edge of the Grand Canyon and say, God said to you, he'll not let my feet dash against a stone, so I want to see if God is going to catch me. And so you fall off the cliff. Nope. See, God will not violate the laws of nature. Hello? But we find that the Hebrew children... Here in this verse in Hebrews 3.19, we find that the Hebrew children were rescued from Egypt. Now understand that Egypt is a type of the world. And Pharaoh is a type of Satan keeping God's children in bondage. And Moses is a type of Jesus Christ, the deliverer. And so Moses had rescued, Moses had 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 brought the people out of Egypt, and God delivered them out of Egypt. Out of, the, out of Egypt and had taken them into the wilderness. Wilderness is a, a symbol or a type in the Bible of God's testing us before we enter into the good things. And so the Hebrew children had been rescued from Egypt and, and, and they had seen God's salvation and they had been given the hope of a new, a new land, a promised land, a place flowing with milk and honey. But the one thing is they, could, they, they disobeyed God because of unbelief. And the difference is, is that, <coughs> that children, that, that Christians have been rescued from sin. As, believe, as Christians, we have been rescued from sin, have seen God's salvation, and have been given the hope of eternity, spending eternity with Jesus Christ in glory. And yet we walk in unbelief. It's a heavy revy, huh? <laughs> heavy to understand i've been given i've been given salvation god jesus gave his life on the cross for me saved me washed me with his blood cleansed me gave me a new name put my name down in the lamb's book of life wrote my name in glory i have the promise of eternity but yet i choose to walk in 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 doubt in unbelief and so the man in the story that we read, he saw that the, if the disciples, he, he brought his son to the, to the disciples because Jesus was, was up on the mountain and, and, and the disciples were trying to cast his demon out and they couldn't cast the demon out. And so this man saw that Jesus could do miracles and knew that Jesus could do miracles because word of Jesus had spread throughout the land. And so he knew that Jesus had the ability to do miracles, but he just didn't believe he could do it for him. And how many times are we like that in, in our life? Hey, I'm praying for you. Oh, man, I need a miracle, brother. Well, you know what? We serve the God of miracles. Amen. You need a miracle? Yeah, but I don't know if God will be able to do it for me because it seems pretty impossible. See the difference? Unbelief is when you have knowledge of God's ability but choose not to trust God. Are you getting that? Unbelief is when you have knowledge. You know 
how, that God can heal, God can provide, God can set free, God can deliver, God can equip, God can empower, God can loose, God can raise from the dead. God, there's nothing impossible with God. I want you to say that with me. Say, nothing is impossible with God, okay? I am limited, but nothing is impossible with God. So, okay, so now look. Unbelief is when you know that God has the ability to set to, to, to churn, churn your circumstances around, but yet we choose to have doubt. We choose to not trust God. You see, the man had seen the power, uh, the, the, the power that the, of the demon and was convinced that that demon was strong. Think about this. You have a, a loved one who, who is sick in their body. You have a loved one who is, who is, who is dying, and the doctors have said, the doctors said, because these doctors have spent years and years and years and years going through medical school and, and doing residencies and internships and all that stuff, and so now they're specializing, and they're coming, they're telling you, nope, it, there's no hope. Nope, sorry. There, you might as well start planning the end of, end of days because there is no hope. Whose report are we going to believe? I'm not saying that doctors are not of God. Doctors are, I believe that God calls doctors, and I believe God uses doctors, and I believe that God uses scientists to create medication so that, 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 that we can get heal, health, our health back. But the word of the doctor is not the final word. The word of the final word comes from God. And sometimes we look at all that has happened in our life and we believe that God could never change our situation. God could never change our circumstance. So what do we do? We give up hope. You're just, you're never gonna change. Oh, God will never, this circumstance is always gonna be this way. It's always been that way. It's always gonna be this way. It's always been that way. So it's, that's the way it is. Not, might as well just give up hope. My friend, let me tell you that that's unbelief. Your situation that you're going through is not bigger than your God. You, you serve a God that is so big that he can hug, his, his fingertips can touch the end of each universe. And yet he can reach into the deepest, darkest parts of your heart and bring you out of the darkness and bring you out of despair. God has the power to raise the dead. God has the power to heal the sick. God has the power to open blind eyes. God has the power to, 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 to provide. And if God can provide and pay taxes out of a fish, don't you think that God can take care of you? Don't you think you can walk out of Walmart with your one your one? Uh, your, your 32 ounces of coffee creamer and complaining about not being able to pay for your bills and find a $50 bill and go buy the rest of your groceries? God can provide for you in ways that you never even thought possible. And your situation is not bigger than God. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 34, verse 3, he says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together to magnify means to make bigger not it's not that god is small but to make bigger in my eyes he says magnify the lord with me if you are struggling with doubt in your life if you are struggling with unbelief then you just need to take a moment and magnify god say god you are great there's nobody greater lord you are greater 
Greater than my past and present failures. You, you are greater. God is greater than every situation. He is greater than every circumstance in your life. And, and when you magnify God, you say, God, I am going to make you big in my eyes. And he says, come, let us magnify the Lord with me. And he says this, <coughs> let us exalt his name. Exalt means to lift him up and put him in his place. And when I say put him in his place, I don't mean, God, you know what? You just better get back on your throne right now, you know. God is always on his throne. But to put him in his place means to put him, in the place, in, put him upon the place in our hearts, to lift him above every situation and circumstance. So when you exalt him, you make him big in your eyes, and then you exalt him above every situation and circumstance. That's where, that's, and, and when you do that, When you magnify God, you say, God, right now, my situation looks too big for you. So, Lord, I'm going to pause right here, and I'm going to just begin to magnify your name. I'm going to glorify you, God, because, Lord, I know you are great. Lord, I know you are powerful, Lord God. Lord, if you were able to create the oceans and the stars, Lord, you said to Job, Lord God, who tells the ocean how to come and where to come? Who tells the, 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 the deer where to have her babies? Who, who, who tells the mama cub where to have her cubs? Who, who feeds the birds and the sparrows of the field? Who is it that clothes the fields with the lilies? Who is it that does those things? It's God and God alone. And if God can do those things, don't you think that God can take care of of you and faith faith is an attitude it's an attitude of trusting and believing it's an attitude don't you get that attitude with me it's an attitude of trusting and believing that attitude is expressed in what we believe and if you have if you believe What does God's word say? What does God's word say? What does God's word say? When you begin to fill your heart with what God's word says, you shift the dynamics of what you believe. You shift your attitude. Come on, somebody. Jesus said, all things are possible to him who doubts. Is that what he said? All things are possible to him who questions my abilities. Is that what he said? He said, all things are possible to him who what? Believes. I want you to say that, believes. One more time, say believes. Say, look at somebody on your right, tell them, I believe. Look at somebody on your left and tell them, I believe. Touch the person in front of you, tell them, I believe. Now listen, the key to overcoming your unbelief is changing your system of belief. Change the program in your mind. Let's let's talk modern computerized talk. Change your programming. Reprogram your mind. Reprogram your system of thinking and belief. I'm going to be honest with you. The reason a lot of people struggle with belief is because they 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 don't use the code. They don't program the code in their in their mental computer. You don't fill your mind with what God, the word that God can use to be able to, to, to feed your faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. So how can you grow your faith if you're not feeding your, your mind the word of God? How can you feed your mind 
and grow in your faith with God if you are not feeding yourself spiritually? How can you feed yourself if you are not coming to church and being fed? How can you feed yourself and grow in your walk with God if you are not being nurtured spiritually? You're not allowing yourself to be admonished, exhorted, and edified, and encouraged in your walk with God. Hello. Man, pastor's still mad. I'm not mad. I love you. I want you to grow. I want you to have victory in your life. I, I'm, as a pastor, I'm, I'm not, not going to say I'm sick and tired, but I'm tired of watching our people be tired. I'm tired of watching our people walk in defeat. You were created to be a champion for God. You were ordained to walk with your head up high. It is appointed by God for you to walk with victory in every step that you take. You should walk with authority and power and anointing everywhere that you go. But you got to know that you're a son and a daughter of the king. And when you know that, that's why Jesus was able to do what he did. That's why Jesus was able to walk where he walked and, and, and speak to demons. He didn't, he, to, you know, Jesus prayed hours and spent minutes, seconds casting out demons. Today we pray seconds and take hours casting out demons. Jesus was in connection with the Father. He was in connection with the Heavenly Father. And he walked in his authority, walked in his identity, and when he walked in that, those demons knew it and they trembled. Now, I want you to understand that belief is the doorway to the impossible. If you have an impossible situation in your life, belief, what, when you shift your system of belief, you will open the door to impossible things in your life. God will begin to do the impossible in your life. Hello? I've seen God do it. I've seen God heal the sick. I've seen God raise the dead. I've seen God heal blind eyes. I've seen God provide. The Bible says in Matthew 21, verse 21, 22, Again, we read this verse. He says, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what you see this fig tree done, done to this fig tree, but even say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and it will be done. And all things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive it. Listen, all things you ask in prayer, believing. I'm not talking about repetitive prayers. He's talking about believing. You ask for it, believing. You know it's a part of, you know it's God's will, right? Oh, pastor, I just, it must be God's will for me to be sick. Nope. It's not part of God's will. I mean, if you, you were a poor steward of your body, you went out with this outside in the cold with your hair wet and barefoot on the, on the pavement, then you're reaping the results of your poor judgment. But if you're serving God with all your heart and loving God and giving your all and out of nowhere you get sick, you know that's an attack of the enemy. You get discouraged, that's an attack of the enemy. You start walking with defeat and exhaustion, that's an attack of the enemy. 
He says, and if you have faith, he says, if you have faith and do not doubt, you, need, you must place your faith in God. Not in, not in Tio Rico. <laughs> not in Bank of America. Not in Wells Fargo. Not in, not in the President of the United States. Not even in our government. You must place your faith in God. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Yes, that's the biblical definition. But faith is loyal confidence. It's loyal confidence. God has never failed you, so why would he fail you now? God has never failed you, so why would he fail you now? He would never fail me. He would never fail me. He would never fail me. God will always follow through his word. God will always take care of me. God will always provide for me. God will always bring healing. God will always bring deliverance. God will always bring what he said he would bring. And because of that, I am my faith is loyal to God. But belief is a deep conviction of a person's ability. So I, I can have faith. I can have faith that God has, can do the impossible. But if I don't have deep conviction that God can do it, then I have unbelief. Is it possible to have faith and unbelief? Oh, of course it is. But when you get the two together, it's like the stuff you buy at AutoZone is a little mixture compound. It's an epoxy, and you mix it, and it's got two tubes, and it comes together. you got to mix it together. But when you mix it together, it comes out, and it forms a hard substance. Faith and belief. When you have faith, you are loyally confident. You are loyally confident to God and his power and his ability. And belief is when you, are, you have a deep conviction, deep conviction of, of, of his person, of his ability to follow through with what he said he would do. But doubt, doubt happens when you're not sure of what you believe. Come on. When you don't, when you don't know what you believe, you begin to doubt it. And the reason why sometimes people, in the last days, the Bible said the love of many will wax cold. The Bible says because of unbelief, or because of, of, of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. Lawlessness, laws are put in place not only to protect us, but to guard us and guide us. And when people become unrestrained, without direction, we begin to doubt. When you have faith and do not doubt, you will experience the impossible in your life. You will experience the miraculous. You will experience the supernatural in your life. Folks, we've got to get back as a church to stop just playing church and get back to experiencing the supernatural in God, in church. I'm believing for God to do miracles, signs, and wonders. The Bible says, these things shall follow those who believe. They shall cast out demons. They shall heal the sick. They shall raise the dead. And it didn't say those who preach in the pulpit, those who wear a nice suit, those who drive a nice car, 
those who have a billion dollar, a billion dollar ministry, those who have jets to preach, to fly and preach all over the world, those will be the ones. It's just they, those who believe. That means that you yourself, not just pastor, you yourself can walk into a hospital believing. You believe with all your heart because God's word said it. They're going to be calling equipped church and say, you need to keep your people out of the hospital. They're raising people out of their sick beds. They're healing the sick. Not only that, but you will experience dynamic revival in your life. The reason we stay uncommitted in our walk with God is because we, 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 we remain, un, we're converted, but we're not convinced. Hello? I don't want to be convinced. I don't want to be converted. Paul said, I am, I am, I am compelled. I am compelled by the greatness of God. Doubt happens when you have, are not sure of what you believe. And w- when you have faith and you don't doubt, you will experience impossible things in your life. If, if you believe God is going to turn your world around, if you believe with all of your heart in what God said he can do, God can turn your world upside down. God can change your situation. God can turn your life back, what what was going in the wrong direction, he can turn it in the right direction if you believe it with all your heart because we serve the God of the impossible. He's the God that does miracles. He's the God that does signs and wonders. He's the God that brings you out of darkness. He's the God that heals the sick. He's the God that raises the dead. He's the God. He's the one that raised Jesus from the dead. He's the one that, that, come on somebody, And God can move mountains for you. Giant obstacles, opposition is nothing to God. And when you believe, you begin to declare. Imagine, imagine what would happen if you switched your belief from unbelief and started asking God for what you need. What would happen? What miracles, signs, and wonders would you be, not only you begin to experience, but would you begin to see others experience in their life? God wants to turn things for your good. He wants to change things for your good. God, God is working for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God is looking for men and women who will say, I believe. God is not, it's more than just saying I believe. It's choosing to believe. It's walking in your belief. And God wants people who will hand, hand over their doubts to him and trust him for the impossible. Trust him for the things that seem impossible to you. With the things that seem impossible to you, if I could give you a piece of paper right now, I'd have you write them down on the piece of paper and say, what are the things to you that seem impossible? Let's pray over those things and watch and see what God will do. God will turn your situation around. Pastor, my marriage is on the rocks. I don't know what to do. Then pray and believe that God can do miracles, signs, and wonders in your life and watch and see that God will turn things around. Pastor, I want to draw closer to God, but it seems impossible because of this or because of that. No, listen, put your doubts in the hands of God and believe that he can. The way you walk in victory, the way you walk in victory, people, come on, the way you walk in victory Think about that. What would we think of a a person who just won the Olympics 
They cross the finish line. They stand up. And they go to the pedestal. And they stand up on the pedestal. They put the gold medal around them. And they stand there and they go. They walk off the pedestal. And they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. I really don't believe I won. They walk different. You've already been, you've already, Jesus said, I've already overcome the world. He is, we, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. You have, or been, or you have been made a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You are already victorious. You are already ordained by God to walk in that, that, the, the authority of a champion and a, of a victor in your life. And you have to carry your head. Say, man, I'm going to walk with, that, with a different way about me. I know God has created me to do great things. I know that God has created me to overcome. I know that God has created me for more than what I'm just doing. I don't want to just exist. I believe God has called me to be a world changer. Come on. I want to be a world changer. I knew that when I went into Bible college. God called me to Bible college. I wanted to go out and do my own thing, but God called me to Bible college and I knew within my heart that God had called me to do great things for him. Have I struggled with doubt in my life? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to be able to just sit here and tell you I've never struggled a day with unbelief. But the truth is, I've struggled with unbelief at times. And even just studying this message, it compelled me to realize I know in whom I believe. I know in whom I put my faith and confidence. It's in God alone. And he will bring me through every situation, through every storm, every difficulty. He will bring me through it. And if he can bring me through it, I know he can bring you through it. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads this morning. Is there anybody in here this morning, you say, Pastor, I've been struggling with my unbelief. I'm going through things right now, Pastor, that are so hard to even describe. And it's draining me of my energy. It's draining me of my ability to put my faith and my trust in God. I want to. Like that man I believe, but I'm praying, Father, help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. I have faith that God can do it, but I want to know that God can do it for me. How many of us in this place this morning, you're facing some difficult situations, even if they're not impossible, How many of you would say, Pastor, we're going through some difficult things right now that I need God to intervene? Let me see your hands all over this place. All over this place. Anybody else? Hands are going up. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. You got your hand raised. I'm going to invite you to come and stand with me this morning. God is going to shift that situation around. He's going to turn it for your good. I believe that not only by this time next week, but I believe by, by the beginning of the year that 
every single one of you, if you believe, God is going to turn it for your good. Nothing is impossible with God. If you raised your hand, I'm going to invite you to come. It's okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's okay. Don't be afraid. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. What impossible things can God do for you? What impossible things can God do for you? He can move mountains. He can raise the dead. He can heal the sick. There's nothing impossible with God. I want you to say that. Say it again. There's nothing impossible with God. Say it again. There's nothing. I want you to say it until you believe it. Amen. There's nothing. Now I want you to say this. For me, there's nothing impossible with God. For my situation, there's nothing impossible with God. Lift up your hands. Heavenly Father, right now, there's impossible things happening, Lord God. Those that are standing at these altars this morning, Lord God, are experiencing some things, Father, that make them want to throw in the towel, make them want to quit, make them want to walk away, make them want to give up, make them struggle, Father God. But Lord, today we believe that you can do the impossible, Lord God. We believe that there's nothing impossible with you. And Lord, we stand upon your word, Father God. You have given us your word that you can do all things and that nothing is impossible for those who believe. So Lord, today, we pray as a family. I want you to pray right now. I want you to pray out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that you can do great things. You can work in the impossible. But help my unbelief. Forgive me for not trusting you, not believing that you can do this for me. I repent and I'm sorry. Today I changed my mind and I changed my heart. Father God, I put this situation in your hands and I believe that you can do it. I give it to you. I put my faith and my confidence in you and I leave it there knowing God that you will take care of it. You will work it for my good. And I thank you as I rest my faith on you. You will bring me out of this situation. You will take care of this situation. You will heal what needs to be healed. You will lift up who needs to be lifted up. And I won't have to touch it at all. I will not touch it. 
because it's in your hands. Heavenly Father, fill me with your spirit. Renew my faith. Give me supernatural faith to believe beyond what I believe. Change my mind. Change my heart. In your name I pray. Now I'm going to pray over you. Lift your hands. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we believe and we declare right now in the name of Jesus for you to do the miraculous in this room right now. Lord, there is nothing impossible with you. And we stand upon that. We believe it and we declare it to be so right now. Lord, you are the restorer of lost hopes and dreams. You are the one who can restore relationships. You are the one that can heal the sick. You are the one that can raise the dead. You are the one that can free those that are held captive. Lord, you are the one that can do the things that we ourselves could never, ever do. We don't have the resources, the knowledge, or the ability, but you do, God. So, Lord, we put everything in your hands, everything that we have declared here today, we put it in your hands, and we believe by faith, Father God, that you're going to work things for our good. You're going to work things for our good. We thank you, God. And Lord, right now, we rebuke the spirit of doubt in Jesus' name, the spirit of doubt and unbelief. We rebuke it right now in Jesus' name, and we command it and tell it to go. It has no authority over your children, over your children, God. We stand upon that authority in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Here's what I want you to do before you go back to your seat. Well, I want you to do this after you go back to your seat. I want you, for the next seven days, I want you to fill your mind and your heart with the Word of God. Even if that means shutting off social media, uh, whatever it takes for you to fill your mind with the Word of God for the next seven days. Fill, God, fill your heart with God's Word, okay? Also, I want you to, to shut off ra the regular radio and listen to worship music. Because worship music takes you into the presence of God and prepares you to receive the seed of the word of God in your heart. And, and the third thing, the last thing is this. Whatever your situation is, I want you to take it and write it on a piece of paper. And then on the back side, I want you to write the answer you're believing God for. And I, every morning, I want you to pray over that need. Say, God, I, don't say, God, if you can, if you will, please. Don't pray like, like, don't pray, pray like a slave. Pray like a son or a daughter. Pray like a child of God. And say, God, your word says, and so I stand upon this and I give this to you. And I believe at the end of those seven days, you're going to see God do a miracle. How many want a miracle from God? Amen? Amen. You may go back to your seats. Thank you. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. Once again, we want to remind you that on Christmas Day, on December 25th, it's a Sunday. Uh, we're not having Christmas service, okay? Not having it on Saturday, not having it on Sunday. Um, so you, we know that many of you are probably going to be spending time with your families. Um, and so we, uh, 
We do continue to encourage you to remain faithful in your tithes and offerings during this holiday season. We know that sometimes you can be pulled away from that and you spend your money on other things. But if you can at least please remain, give as faithfully as you possibly can during that time. It will continue to help the ministry continue to move forward. Amen? Yes? Pastor Tony, would you come? Praise be to God. Amen. I'm going to thank God for that word. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes. Give them a. As you guys have a, um, we've been, we've been announcing um, this community outreach. It's, it's, it's more than just um, a toy drive. We've decided to sponsor 75 families. Um, and. First, on the 10th, if you're able to, if you're able to on the 10th, we want to go out and canvas the neighborhood, um, reach those that are less fortunate. We want to go out knocking on doors. And like I said, um, we want to sponsor 75 families. We've already, uh, there's already been, a family has already donated 75 new men's sweaters and 75 new women's sweaters. So um, as they're passing out these flyers, these little bulletins, the donations are in the back that we're looking for. Uh, reaching those in need in our community here in the inner city church, we're called. We are called as a church. We are called as a body of Christ we're called to go outside the four walls of the church. We're called to step outside. We're called to, to the highways and the byways. We're called to the less fortunate. We're called to those who don't have. We're called to, to get outside of our comfort zone. And I know it's real warm in here and it's nice and it's comfortable, and I know that that during this time, um, our dollars are stretched. I know that, but can I just read a scripture? Let, let, I don't want to. I don't want to misquote it. So you guys say, "Well, I don't know where he got that from," but that's not in the Bible. I'm going to read it right out of the New Living Translation. Um, I I read it this morning and it uh it 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 just touched my heart because the family that has donated the sweaters for the men and women we know this family personally and it's a family that God has blessed good measure pressed down shaken together and I just want to read these these two verses in Proverbs chapter 11, I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. Verse 24 says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. 
Church, we're called to get out of our comfort zone. And I know that I know that I know that I know. And, and as our dear sister said on Tuesday night, she said it five times. I know, I know, I know, I know, and I know. So I know that it's tough. But church, the only person who doesn't experience the blessings from God is a stingy person. That's the only person who don't experience the blessings of God. And I, I'm not saying it, but the word of God says it. And church, I know that we are not that kind of people. I know that we want to reach our community. I know we want to go into the inner city. I know that we want to go into the, the homeless community. We want to reach those that are less fortunate. And if you read on the back of those flyers, these are the donations that we're looking for. Toys for boys and girls all ages. You can, you can check off the sweaters because those have been donated already. 75 men and women sweater and jackets. Socks of all sizes, hygiene essentials, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, bars of soap, deodorant. And we can even give financially. Um, uh, you, you know, when we pick up the offering, you can write on there in the offering envelope for the outreach. Or you can just scan the QR code that's on your flyer. You can give that way. And we will be receiving donations up to December 14th. Church, we've called to step out from amongst ourselves. We're, stalled, we're called to go out, man, especially here in the inner city. And if you could.